0: You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to the conservative conscience. I'm here with my co-host in our central command, Joe Koss, With me this is August 10th on Wednesday afternoon, might be the 11th by the time you guys hear this. And yes, half truths, hot air, lies. This is what we all deal with every day. Um, it's it's growing harder and harder to be a conservative in this movement, in this country, in this party. I'm telling you, uh, Joe. You know, uh, I, I work from home most of the time and. I I went up the other day and I saw my twenty-month-old just come out from his nap. My wife was with him. Thank God she's still able to stay home with him. At least that's one ancillary benefit of doing what we do here. And uh, I was just thinking, man, he has such a good life. I wish I could be doing that. You know. <laughs> oh, it is. It's been it's been a a long long year, a long couple months here. Um, y- y- you know. Okay, are you for open borders or are you for throwing out every single Muslim <laughs> in this country, um, including U.S. citizens? I mean, are you, are, you know, are, are you for Hillary or are you for, uh, well, you know, defending every last comment Trump makes? You know, how about, why don't we stand on our own two feet? And again, this election, the die is cast. We do what we can. Um, we're trying to defeat Hillary despite Trump evidently not wanting to, not running a campaign, not spending money, not focusing on the message. We're going to have out in their show notes um, top dozen or so issues that he could get back to and focus on and put Hillary on defense. We can only do so much. But what we've been doing here at Conservative Review, we've been focusing on what we can do. Not this ping pong. I don't know if in the Olympics, they they still have ping pong. They do. They do. Okay. So it's like, all right, boom, boom, and this rubber band effect. And that's that's what you have when you don't have a true north and constitutional values where you have a consistency. So it's, it's just everyone's kind of flailing around. Well, uh, post-American constitutionalism. Well, no, that sucks. So let's do nationalism, populism. Well, how about we freaking follow the Constitution where we have what we do? So well, that's what we've been doing here at Conservative Review. That's what we've been doing with our issues, with our... We don't just focus on the personalities, we focus on the issues. Um, you know, that's what I did with my book, Stolen so- Sovereignty, and I really appreciate all you guys that have gone over to Amazon, bought the book, Um, you know, I really appreciate any comments, if you guys could write book reviews on it at Amazon, uh, this is the type of stuff we need to be focusing on beyond this election, because this is only a couple months, and... There's really not much we can do at this point. That's what's what's so sad about it, um, you know. And and as always, vote your conscience when you can, uh, vote down ballot, and and vote the way you shop. Don't shop at Target. Don't shop at the transgender stuff. Um, you know, support our our partners here, Patriot Mobile. I'm getting my phone hopefully later next week from Patriot Mobile. Great service. Um, they give up to five percent of the proceeds to a conservative cause of your choice and they all speak English. It's a big problem I always had with Verizon, so annoying. So that's the thing. Let's make the right decisions we can make that we could be proud of in our private lives. You know, you know, Joe, I always say we don't live in North Korea. I mean, it's getting pretty bad here, but it's not like Kim, you know, if you had a ballot with Kim Jong Kim Jong Um and an, an opponent, you'd say, "Oh my gosh, that's everything. You know, we're going to live or die based on that." As, as as stark of a contrast as bad as it is, it's still. I mean, you know, we got down the ballot. We got three branches. We got the states. We got our constitution. What's left of it. We got the culture. We got private business, academia, media, our own First Amendment rights. We got to use all of it, and and that's the thing. It's all of the above. So I, what I wanted to start with you, Joe, is is um the Wisconsin race last night, and this is very personal to me because. I've kind of been Mr. Primary for, for a number of years now. Um, I've been involved. Paul Nealon did contact me. I did speak with him. You know, this is the Paul Ryan Challenger. I spoke with him before he started or just before he announced. Um, you know, and, and conservatives have failed to knock off a single incumbent. And I want to get back to that later on in, in our show. But for now I wanna focus on this race. You have this speaker Paul Ryan that um, let me just say, as you know, you know um, the circles I've traveled in, the circles both of us have traveled in, we we disliked Paul Ryan before it was cool to dislike him. Um, you know he's uh, this guy is the embodiment of a Republican that waves the flag, talks good talking points on a campaign, but when it comes time to the election, he's all in with K Street lobbyists and um, obviously fanatically open borders. And no, I mean, I would have, I badly wanted to knock him off. But this primary challenger was a little different. This was a primary challenger that was purely in the mold of the Trump movement. Not Trump, but Trump himself is, again, there's no ideology there. um, But the people that have kind of grown up around him now, propped up around him, this populist nationalist movement. So we're not conservative anymore. We're not for the Constitution. We're a populist nationalist so, the you know, as, as you know, and, and I want to know what your feeling is, because I I, wanna, I want our listeners to get another perspective here. There's possibly nobody that has spilt more ink on the web complaining about the growth of the Middle East migration and the self-immolation following in the footsteps of Europe than I have. In fact, Drudge used to always post my articles on that before he's, he stopped liking us um, and he bought into this cult. And uh, so I'm the trailblazer. I was talking about these issues before it was cool. I was going after rhinos before it was cool in primaries. I recruited Matt Bevin. I recruited Chris McDaniel. I was involved with Dave Brat. So there's no one who has more credibility on this than me. I'm I'm not exactly the establishment. But what the hell am I supposed to do with a guy that gets up there and says, we're going to throw out all Muslims from the country? He literally said that, including U.S. citizens. I wrote an entire book two chapters in my book, making the legal and philosophical case for a cool down in immigration in general, certainly from the Middle East, the legal case of sovereignty that a country has the right to do that. Um, The liberals are tossing this, oh, but it's unconstitutional. You have a First Amendment right to immigrate. No, you do not have an affirmative right to immigrate. But as you know, Joe, nothing is worse than a guy picking up your issue on the surface, but then smearing it in feces in a way that you can't touch it and then actually legitimizing the other side's complaints and saying, yes, we actually are going to throw out U S citizens. And, you know, we've worked so hard. We did a podcast on this before we did writings about the, the fine line between the right to exclude initially. And then you invite people in and look, I'm the first person to say we made mistakes and we shouldn't have brought in that many. Um, but, but dude, I mean, it is what it is. And those that are U S citizens, unless they're convicted through due process of engaging in some sort of treason, you can't just carte Blanche, throw them out. Um, is this the choice we have to make?
1: It's 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 <laughs> not the choice we have to make, but it's the choice people are choosing to make. So there's a double choice in there, and it's because it's because of a lot of things. I mean, in your intro there, Daniel, I could do an entire podcast extrapolating on some of the the points that you gloss over because we've only got thirty minutes. But but I want to go back a little bit, and you say you want a different perspective. I want to show that I think your perspective is dead on. For example, you talk about. Taking an issue and sort of uh, contorting it, or spoiling it, or tainting it, or however you want to call it, with what Nayland did and what others have done with the immigration issue, and that's the problem: is that they, people like them, you know, I don't know him, so I don't know if it's a sincere thing. I don't know if he got caught up in the passions. I don't know if he made, you know, he made a conscious choice to say, "Hey, maybe this is going to win me more votes." But but he made that decision. Maybe it's what he truly believes, but but then to call himself a conservative or a hardcore conservative and look there are a lot of people on our on our staff that that liked him and you know wanted him to win but i think it had a lot more to do with not wanting Paul Ryan to win, and that's where Boom. and that's, the ping pong. and that's where we've got ourselves. I mean, all these people that are telling us, you know, I had someone reach out to me on Twitter about when I said, "Hey, Donald Trump, uh, you know, if I don't vote for Donald Trump, that's a vote for Hillary," and I said that that I'm not even going to discuss that on the podcast because that argument is is so easily won. And and now I've taken a different approach. What I've decided to do is, I'm going to. I'm going to respond with one thing when te- people tell me that anymore. And I'm going to say, who are you voting for for state rep? And when, and most mm. of the time, they're not going to know. They don't even know who their state oh. rep is. And this isn't like an intellectual sort of uh, braggadocia. This isn't me being intellectually elite and being snobbish in my political you know, astuteness because I do this every day. It is not that. I'm, I'm not that type of person. But what I'm trying to explain to them is...
0: It's not North Korea.
1: It's not. And, and look, your state rep has so much importance. And I'm not asking everybody to go out there and figure out who that is. But if you're voting for someone or against someone, you need to know what those ramifications completely are. And when you vote for someone you're voting against someone the same way that when you vote against someone you're voting for someone so however you choose you know they used to say you know if you don't make a choice you've still made a choice you know uh rush the band made that that claim you know you had philosophers like william james that's talked about it the point Mm -hmm. is we're not North Korea. You said it best. There are things locally that are so, so important. And we just have to realize that the best way to grab a hold of politics is po- all politics is local. You know, figure out who your state reps are. Figure out how, who your congressperson is. Don't just worry about the top of the ticket, and don't put politics just into a binary choice. It's seriously not picking between you know two poisons. It can't be that. And if that's what we allow it to be, then that's what it's going to continue to be.
0: It's going to continue to be that way. Let's aspire to something better. I, I know. I know the two of us have re, you know, and and I've been doing this independently the last couple months. We've been talking about this important thing because look. I'm sitting there holding the bag. What am I supposed to do? Okay, what am I supposed to do here? I could spend the next three months, you know, up and down. the media double standard, media double standard. But Hillary's worse. But Hillary is worse. No, no, no. He didn't mean this. He didn't mean this. The polls are wrong. The polls are wrong. The polls suck. They're all rigged. Everyone, including his private super PAC, a.k.a. Fox News. But, you know, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. You want to vote for him, vote for him. That's fine. Um, but but let's think beyond. Let's let's make the moves we can make. Let let's make the decisions we can make. And 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 you know I've been saying this a lot on radio promoting my book Stolen Sovereignty about the way the judiciary is crushing us. And I said it ultimately all gets back to the states because there, there's a reality. There's about 15 states in this country that are gone. I mean that I don't know what you do with that. Um, but right now we have a 50 state Gomorrah. All right, l- let's try to make it that at least we have as many states saved from that. And the, the, the crisis of almost everything going on in this country, with the exception of some things about you know the border and the military and whatever, um, it, it stems from the, the, the lack of federalism, the fact that the states are being crushed by the federal government, and that Congress, the predominant branch, is not standing up for the states and, and the people and fundamental rights and is allowing the other two branches to crush it. That, that's where that, – that, that's the biggest single problem we have. So any solution has to begin with starting in the red states where demographically people gen, generally agree with us and, and they're sympathetic to our views and to actually take them back. They're not going to give power back to the states on their own. We're going to have to grab it back. At some point, we're going to have to say no. And this is what we have to build in the long run. We have to build a movement that is consistent, that is intellectually honest, that walks the walk and talks the talk um, doesn't have its own moral problems like the Republicans have that follows the Constitution from day one, so it doesn't have that glass jaw, and it has the ability. We start taking over state legislatures, whether it's through a new party, through a revitalized, you know, through my whole convention model, although I do think eventually, we, we no matter what, we need a new party. Um, and stand on our own two feet. That it's not the ping pong table where it's boom, boom, back and forth. Well, it's a, a you know Marxist. Well, no, I'm nationalist because uh, I'm sick of the Marxism. Well, how about none of the above? And and how about we stand for first principles and we think of new innovative tactics to apply the old timeless principles? And I think it starts like you mentioned in the state reps. If we if we had state reps that had the courage. We're just going to have to say no. And and no matter who wins, no matter who wins, you know, Trump at this point, well, Daniel, Hillary, if Hillary wins, we're all going to die. Well, i tell that to the GOP nominee. <laughs> tell him to start spending money. Tell him to start getting on message. I mean, there's a limit to what we can do. I just want to digress for a minute. Um, we could relitigate the primary and disagree and, and fight over Trump ideologically and character wise. But there's one reality. We're all in the same boat right now, and, and there's a hole being d- dug in it. And, it, you know, either he changes course, gets on message, invests in infrastructure in the States, and runs ads bashing Hillary on the issues, and not makes it about personality, and, and we could get back in the game, or we will lose no matter what. So, I mean, whether you have a couple of conservative radio show hosts or columnists or writers or figures saying that they're never Trump or not is not what's going to make or you know or 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 break Trump. <laughs> they can't speak over his megaphone, which is is greater than anything for better or for worse. So when he makes these comments and completely distracts from the issues, and again, yes, the media is double standard. Yes, they're going to focus on his comments about getting the second amendment people to go out and fight Hillary instead of um Hillary having literally the father of the Orlando terrorist who's a Taliban supporter at her own rally. I get it. But you know what? Trump could have killed two birds with one stone. And instead of making asinine comments, he could have actually focused on that issue and say how outrageous it is for Hillary to do that. Hold a press conference. The media soaks up every word he says, you know, get on message. So that's the point. There's nothing we can do about that. But either way, whether he somehow pulls off a miracle and wins or if Hillary wins, we don't have conservative governance. So we need the states to reassert power. We need the states to, to push back. And, you know, if Trump wins and he does a good job by you know some great miracle and we don't have problems with the executive, we are still going to have problems with the judiciary. <laughs> you know, well, like we've said many times, appointing better judges is not going to solve that. And uh, anyway, it would take it's a lagging effect that it would take until the uh, end of the second term to really make an effect, you know, you're going to have the first few years are going to be still devastating from the, you know, effects of the current orientation of the judiciary and the current cases going through that. So at some point, the states are going to have to say no to the judiciary. They're going to have to say no to Hillary Clinton's administration on things that that are beyond their scope. When we say states have plenary power over an issue, it's not in the enumerated powers of, of Congress. And it's certainly sure as hell not within the power of the federal judiciary. They need to say no but you need to elect guys down ballot that have the guts to do that. You need to elect judge Roy Moore's on on all levels. And like I say, many times, even if people were squeamish to agree with him 12, 13 years ago, when he said no on the 10 commandments edict, I think time has proven him right that it gets bad enough. Um, we tend to, um, you know, like the declaration says, suffer through the evils while the evils are sufferable. So to speak, I'm paraphrasing a little bit there. I forget my declaration. Um, but, you know, at some point it's insufferable. And that's where we are now. So I, I think I think that's what we need to work on. I, I actually got an interesting note, Joe, from, uh, and, you know, give me a shout out if I'm, I'm forgetting the name and I apologize if you're listening, sent me a really insightful email. Could we start, we need to start conservative reviews on a state level, you know, focusing on state politics. I, I've spoken to a lot of friends in North Carolina, terrific activists there that they're kind of doing a similar thing, going to really focus on the state legislature. And you know what? North Carolina, if you've noticed, is in the news. We've been focusing a lot. Of, someone called me the guardian angel of North Carolina <laughs> now because I've been defending everything they're doing. And, you know, because that's actually one state. You know, look, <laughs> you, uh, Joe, you're here. You're in Michigan. Um, you, you got a Republican House, Republican Senate, Republican governor. They suck there. <laughs> Most states are like that. But North Carolina, they're actually doing good stuff. Except the courts are throwing everything out. That's what we need to do. You know, you know, it's, instead of arguing within the movement of people that are sick of the Republican Party, we all fundamentally agree, never Trump or Trump sucks or you have to vote Trump, otherwise you're going to die. Y- y- through, put all, channel all that energy into taking back your state, especially if you live in a red state.
1: You know, you just said something about Michigan, and I thought about the history and how we kind of went about it, and obviously gerrymandering has a a big part in that. But one of the ways was the Supreme Court, uh, which gets elected here, was – Definitely an avenue that conservatives went after in the late '80s, early '90s, um, especially as Clinton, got, you know, kind of rose into power, and and people saw that the judiciary is at the forefront, and it keep banging sort of the drum that, that you've created with your book and in folks, I mean, Daniel has to promote it because it's his, and he obviously thinks it's great, and it is, and the reason <laughs> it's great, you know, as somebody who went to law school and, and graduated from law school and has worked around the periphery of. You know, not just the courts, sort of at the at the mechanical lower levels, but also with constitutional law. And, and you know,
0: And you studied under Judge Bork,
1: yeah, and, and some in in some other people who are you know at the forefront of constitutional law. What Daniel's book does, and, and for a lot of people, that it may be hard, but just get it, read it, and you will learn something. You will authentically, organically learn something about how deep the crisis is in america that goes beyond trump or hillary and this is what daniel's trying to say is that the liberals for the last you know 50 or 60 years and really probably since woodrow wilson you know the last hundred and so years have made a concerted effort at all levels of society to push their agenda that's what progressives do they're constantly trying to change and push the agenda read the book, learn about it, and and, and then think about something else. As you read the news, think about stories that you come across that you wouldn't have seen five years ago. Just do those two things, and you'll start to see that the erosion of society and the erosion of sort of like our rights and our freedoms go hand in hand with one another. And the guardian of that, or at least the supposed guardian, is supposed to be the courts. Unfortunately, we live in a world upside down, and the courts are at the forefront of pushing and progressing the liberal progressive agenda. And so to get us all back to you know our conversation today on this podcast, it is so vitally important that we put in in the right hierarchy of needs, if you will, kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, what it, we can do as conservatives. It isn't taking these big races like Naylan and Ryan and going, oh, Paul Ryan's a rhino. He stinks. Let's get rid of him. You know, anybody but Ryan. Well, anybody but Ryan, anybody, that's a really scary proposition because even if it's somebody that's somewhat, you know, in, in sort of the shadow of what we want, like a nail appeared to be at first, as more and more was said, you start wondering, well, he might, if he gets to carry our flag and wins, what does that mean for our overall movement? Because right now those people are losing and, and, and even conservatives are losing to some degree. You know, we saw that with Huell's camp, but what if some of the good people, or so to speak, the people that claim to be good win, but maybe they're not really good, but they get to hold our flag? Then what? The
0: messenger matters. It
1: does. And the message matters. I- Conservatives, you know, look, conservatives just have to do a lot better job of rolling up their sleeves and doing the work. There have been a lot of sideline conservatives for a long time, and for a while that was okay. But at this point, with the fracture because of Trump and other things, it's time to roll up the sleeves. Like, y- either stop talking about it, get off the internet and stop talking about it and do something about it, or just stop talking about it because you're
0: roll up the sleeves. Yeah. I love that because. What we're at now is it's so lazy. It's so because it's so easy to say that everything depends on the top of the ballot ticket, you know, and and even elections, like we said, don't matter as much. But but the top of the ballot. And look, the single most important office is the presidency. There's no doubt about that, that if you go in this direction, we're all dead. And this direction, we're the promised land. We've been doing this for four years, the last 28 years, and we've never gotten anything out of it. We keep getting in the same place, and this is why we need to build an enduring movement that could stand on its own feet, that we could be proud of affirmatively in and of itself, not just, oh, well, it's not this because I'm sick of that, so I'll venture off to this, and we vacillate, and that's what we're seeing In, in the old conservative movement, just so much fracturing and people adopting these foreign ideas well, I'm angry. Well, I agree. I'm angry as anything. I mean, <laughs> you know, again, we've been fighting this stuff before before a lot of these, you know, nuanced movements were, but but it's got to be rooted in our timeless principles, and it's got to take a holistic approach. But nobody's
1: willing to do that, Daniel. It's it's so much easier to write a check to the RNC or to write a check to Donald Trump or Ted Cruz at the top of the ticket and, and hope that they do it and then everything else sort of falls into place. You know, trickle-down economics is one thing, and, and, and you know that got a bad name, but we somehow have extrapolated that to, to utilize it in politics. We believe, you know, as conservatives, it seems, in trickle-down politics, where if we can get the top of the ticket it'll all just sort of come down and we'll just you know they'll breed like little (laughs) mini conservatives at the state level it's the opposite think of it like a think of it like a pyramid if you give one dollar way up at the top then down at the bottom at the local level you should give a lot more you know your your support should be much broader so
0: and the state parties are i mean look you worked in the michigan legislature and that that wasn't going to change i had this thought process with with everyone knows most of us here, not all of us, most of us conservative reviews support Ted Cruz. You know, we don't officially endorse as an organization, but, yeah, I mean, we're, we don't hide that. We don't act uh, disingenuous about it. And um, But I said all along, I said, you know, there was always a part of me that wondered, you know, the party is so broken. They're going to fight him from day one. Um you know, the state parties are just as bad, like you you're experienced in in the state legislature. You think there's rhinos on a federal level, they're even worse on a state level because you don't have conservative reviews and organizations like Heritage Action that actually expose what's going on, hold them accountable. You have maybe little you know organizations in some states, a lot of states you don't have anything. And 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 that's the thing, they get away with murder. Um You know, the left has changed the culture so much. And then I wrote my book. I started writing at the end of last year. I was writing it thinking and hoping that a guy like Ted Cruz would win the nomination and become president. And my point was, it will be meaningless if you don't reform the courts, because they're going to throw out everything you do. Meaning I was able to recognize, even in the guy that I supported, that not everything depended on him. And he really had very limited capacity. We need a holistic approach. And frankly, we need a new vehicle to do that. And look, we'll see what happens in this election, but I'm willing to say it here and now, and I'll continue saying it. I do believe if Hillary does win, um, it will be horrible. There will be an element that will be a mixed blessing in disguise because it will just force us to just do what we need to do um, say no on a state level, fight back. But we need, we will need to start to start a new party at some point. I mean that that time is coming, and I think I think if the Democrats win, pretty much that but Daniel, it will be every election. Daniel, how yeah.
1: do we start a new party? We'll lose. We'll never. You know, it'll take years for us to ascend and have any sort of people in power that represent our views.
0: Yeah, so I think and, and I think the, the sarcasm. Thing is, I mean, yeah, yeah, like as if we might actually lose an election. I mean, at some point you got to do the surgery, and I think that will be then. And and I, I think look, that that's that's going to take a long time to answer that. And that there are valid questions, but the thing about that is, with social media. Not infrastructure, yeah. is not nearly as important. I mean, you see, I mean, everyone says even both parties, there used to be a centralized Politburo. It's really very decentralized. The parties are, are have lost so much power anyway. you you have um, I mean, there are, the whole Trump base, if Trump would lose, they'd have nowhere to go. Everyone else would have nowhere to go. No one wants to go back to the establishment. Also, a very important game theory here is there'd be one thing if you had a guy like Cory Booker elected as the Democrat. Nominee and president, fresh face, yeah. um, you know, likable guy would come in like Obama 2009, lots of cachet a lot of political capital. She, she is everyone hates her. You see, the Democrats don't like her, independents hate her. Um, if she winds up winning, it would only be because of the dumpster fire, you know, with Trump and, and the campaign and everything. Uh, she will not have, I'm not saying it's not going to be miserable, but. There will be a huge opportunity to, you know, obviously we'll want to push conservative values, but to start with something that is rooted in the 10th Amendment. It devolves power back to the states, back to the people. It's intellectually honest. It follows the original contract that our, our ancestors all signed onto in 1789. It, it goes, you know, you know what I mean? It, it cuts through the rancor of the typical rhetoric being thrown back and forth. The problem is like, you know what I mean? Republicans don't have they have such a glass jaw. So if they said, you know, states, no, we're we're not listening, they don't have the political clout to do that because people are sick of Republicans. But if you have a movement that started out consistently and stopped defending the indefensible, both character-wise, both ideologically, and I'm not painting a utopia, you're always gonna have a problem, you're gonna have a problem with any party, but I'm just saying we need an all-of-the-above approach. We need to, and that's what our promise is here at Conservative Review. We're not just going to focus on what all the media, Republican media, the Fox News media, and the Democrat media is focusing on. Oh, what's your view on Trump's latest comment? I mean, I just, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll shoot myself if I do that. I just, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that for the next three months. Um, it's not going to help. Again, I mean, he only Trump himself willing to actually run a normal campaign, hit Hillary on the thousands of issues that he could use to hit her on. She, she, it's so easy to go after her. Either he does it or he doesn't. We can't force him to do what he doesn't want to do. Um, but what we can do is focus on what we believe and, and keep building a movement for that. I still get back to Steve Dace's old analogy with Dunkirk and Normandy. There, there's not much we can do. We're caught between the sea and the, the advancing army. Um, you know, you got the alt right now, this new movement, the populist nationalist thing, and the establishment. How about none of the above? And you have the Democrats and Hillary. What we need to do is work on over the next four years, no matter what, retreating. Again, not to say don't vote. I mean, voting is, is <laughs> you, you know, Steve Dace, our buddy, just put out a, a meme on social media um, it's not, it's not your vote that matters so much. I mean, it's a hundred million people. It's um, what was it? Was it your conscience? It was a really good line, and I'm forgetting it here. Um, I want to put that up on our show notes in the in the file, will will for, for all you to see. It's really powerful, and it's it's what you do in your community. It's you know, if you could write, write. If you could run for office, do that. Um, you'd be shocked at how much influence you could have on state legislative proceedings. Because that's really up close and personal and so many people don't focus on that. If you do live in the you know 30 or so states where Republicans control state legislatures, this is where we need to prepare our battle. We need to prepare to follow the Constitution, no matter who wins, say no, and use that. Not a top-down movement, as Joe was mentioning. It's got to be bottom-up, and that creates this new party, which I guarantee you, I think we've all recognized it is needed on so many levels but it's going to start first in a movement. And and that's how we actually solve our problems in the long run. Um, thanks for joining me again, Joe. Really enjoyed it as always. Um, we're out of time here. Um, we hope to be putting out more stuff, more interviews. I have some a lot of exciting interviews I want to bring to you guys. Again, other choices you can make, other candidates maybe you could donate to down the ballot. I want to get them on the air with us. Until next time, God bless. Thanks for joining us. This is The Conservative Conscience.